Hello, everyone. What's going on? I'm John Hasselbauer, golf writer for thelines.com, and this is from the tips Genesis Scottish Open week. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, if you are here and not subscribed already to the Lines YouTube channel, YouTube channel. Uh, make sure you do that in uh, the link right below. Uh, subscribe to all of the uh, ring notifications for any new videos that come up from myself or anybody else at the lines. Um, check out that free Discord channel for all my bets on a weekly basis. And go to thelines.com uh, for all of my articles. Those are all of my plugs for this week. Um, usually this is um, at the top of the video. I'll take a look back at the week that was touch on storylines that have come out of the, the world of golf. Um, pretty quiet week last week. If Sepp Straka was able to break 60 and shoot, a, I mean, he had a good chance at a 58, actually, uh, we would have been talking a lot about his historical performance, but, um, ended up being like a very anticlimactic dud of three people who had a chance to win. None of them wanted to take the tournament. So Sepp Straka won by default by shooting a 62 at the John Deere Classic on Sunday. Props to him. A few people on Twitter did have him a, a decent number, I believe at about 55 to one was the consensus odds on him. Um, somebody who's very hit or miss. And those are the types of players that you want to go after um, in a birdie fest and uh, definitely in an outright market. Um, Irons and putting is what Sepp Schrocka does well. And I think with that win, he will solidify himself on the Ryder Cup team for Team Europe. Um, just not a lot of options when you when you round out that team with um, the top five from Ludwig Aberg. I, I, it's hard to call him a lock, having only played like three or four PGA Tour starts this season, but he continues to finish in the top 25, um, which is more than, I don't know, uh, Nikolai Hoigard, Rasmus Hoigard, um, Seamus Power, all these other guys who are vying for those last couple starts, last couple spots on the Ryder Cup Europe team can say um, when going up against PGA Tour competition. So I think Ludwig's on the team when we talk about Ryder Cup uh, bubble guys. I think Straka is now comfortably on the team. I think uh, Moronk is basically safely on the team. So I would say... Um, there's probably two open spots up for grabs now, whether that be for Rasmus Hoigard, Nikolai Hoigard, Seamus Power, um, Yannick Paul is another one. So, um, just a really interesting narrative to follow when we get to this stretch of the season, um, kind of transitioning now into the Scottish open, but into this stretch of the season, um, which is the European swing, the UK swing. We are starting with the Scottish Open before last year in 2022. This was a purely a DP World Tour event, but it had uh, attracted a lot of really good PGA Tour talent um, who were going to play this event instead of the PGA Tour's John Deere Classic because it's links conditions and it's played um, in a really similar terrain and geographically a very, um, close, uh, proximity to where the open championship is. And the open championship next week is one of the four majors on the season, an event that everybody wants to win played on very historical courses, uh, and terrain very different from anything that you'll see on the PGA tour schedule. So, uh, if you have a chance to tune up, 
what better place to tune up for the Open than the Scottish Open? So I think logically the um, co-sanctioned partnership between the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour came together. They made this a co-sanctioned event. Now 75 um, spots uh, from the, the top PGA Tour players um, qualify. The top 75 players from the DP World Tour qualify. Um, and then, and that's essentially your field here. So, um, unfortunately the, the depth of quality, obviously, uh, significantly skewed towards the PGA tour. It's a, I don't even think top heavy is the right, right way of saying it for the DP world tour, because the top five players, um, on that tour who don't have PGA tour membership are all available at beyond hundred to one odds this week. So, um, definitely not equitable talent between these tours. And I think that an event like this definitely showcases that when you, when we look at the odds board, um, you don't really get, uh, really palatable odds this week. And the reason for that is the lack of depth. If you have 75 guys in here for, who are regulars on the DP world tour, that makes this less deep of a field than you might see it even like a rocket mortgage classic. Um, that might be a little too harsh, but, um, you know, it's definitely not a deeper field than, you know, the Wells Fargo or, or the colonial would probably be a better example of that, or that's, that's going to give you more depth. Um, and as a result, the odds are a little bit, um, skewed. Um, I don't have the odds table up here, but, uh, we're going through some, some migration changes on the lines.com. So by the time this posts, I think the, uh, site will be back up to normal, but you may you may uh, not be able to find the uh, the odds in the bottom of the preview article at the beginning of this week. I'm sure by Wednesday you will be able to find that. But just to speak to the top of the odds board this week, it is Scotty Scheffler at 70 to one. No surprise there; he's teeing it up, so he will be your favorite. Rory McIlroy is shortly behind him as uh, almost a co-favorite in single-digit odds, and then there's a second tier of Xander Schauffele, Patrick Cantlay, and Victor Hovland in your sort of mid to high teens. Xander Schauffele is here after winning the 2022 um, Scottish Open. He's here to defend his title, a sensible fit anywhere you put him. Um, but 14 to 1 odds consensus is where you'll find him. So probably not a popular bet to repeat without getting much um, discounted value on a player who's still chasing his first win in the 2023 season. Um, but definitely somebody to look out for, I think, even from a future standpoint, depending how he looks this week when we look ahead to the Open. Um, I still haven't put any futures in for the Open. Um, just as an aside, I think that's a very weather-dependent event where you don't want to tie up your money before you know if there's a wave split. I've seen a lot of majors, um, not necessarily the Opens, um, the last couple years being dictated by weather splits, but... You look at like a Southern Hills, for example, and even the Masters uh, when Hideki Matsuyama won. These majors, I mean, to me, it's very important that I have a, a viable, the best chance I can uh, to set my up to, myself up to uh, have a good sweat on Sunday. And I just don't think the futures market is the place to do that for the Open, where you could have a, a significant weather split. One wave gets absolutely crushed by uh, AM, PM wind, and the other doesn't get hit by it at all. And then... All of a sudden, the guys that you bet on don't have a chance. Um, at the Scottish Open, I'm a little bit more willing to you know, put my bets in earlier 
um, because it's it's not a major and it's happening on the other side of the world and um, you know it, it's just not the same stakes. So I have put my full card in here, um, and we'll go through that in the second half of this video. But um, just I guess a, a general note for this week that you can look ahead to the open. This is a links course. Next week will be a links course. This is a little bit more forgiving off the tee. You're going to be hitting a lot more drivers here. You're going to hear a lot about how uh, Tiger Woods didn't hit driver pretty much on any tee shot when he won at uh, Hoy Lake in 2006. So that is a very different course where you can buy low on guys who uh, hit driver and sprayed it, but are typically pretty accurate and, and do well on less than driver courses. Um, just something to keep in the back of your mind. But for this video, for the rest of this video, we will talk everything about the Scottish Open. Um, after those big five that I mentioned, there's a real hodgepodge of players in that 20 to 30 range. It seems like everybody is bunched up between uh, Fleetwood, Hatton, Spieth, Fitzpatrick, uh, Lowry, I think is in that close to that 30 to one range. Um, a lot of guys who are all playing well, kind of bunched up where you would, you would hope to see that there's a little separation. There's not that many players, um, in the same 20 to one range. But I think again, uh, without having a ton of depth and really when I look at this field, I see 30, 30 viable guys who can win a tournament like this, um, when we look at last year, it was Xander Shoffley who beat out Tom Kim and Kurt Kitayama. Those are three very, very different styles of players, um, but three players who have gone on to to win a bunch over the last year. So um, you you still need to be a good player all around to win here. This is not like a one trick pony. You could be a specialist in driving distance or a specialist in putting. Uh, the Renaissance Club is. 7,200 yards, par 70. Um, so it is actually longer than it seems with five par threes and only three par fives. Um, so a bunch, I believe there's seven uh, par fours over 450 yards. Um, so between that, the, th the five par threes and the three par fives, that's a lot of long irons that you're hitting here. Um, now it's firm and fast conditions. The course may... If you're playing downwind, it's very susceptible to wind. If you're playing downwind, it's going to play shorter than that. Um, the fairways should be fairly firm, although there is uh, rain in the forecast. So uh, it is possible that it might be a softer links course than what we saw last year. If that's the case, that it should be a little bit easier. Xander Shoffley won at seven under last year. And in the years prior to that, we've seen uh, Bert Wiesberger, Aaron Rye and Minwoo Lee win um, at closer to tw 20 under. Um, important note that for um, the first three years that the Scottish Open was played at the Rena Renaissance Club, dating back to 2019, uh, as a DP World Tour event, this was a par 71. Um, starting last year and the first year that this was converted to a co-sanctioned event with the PGA Tour, they decided to make it a little bit tougher and they converted the seventh hole, which was originally a par five uh, and a short one into a long 500 yard par four. So they didn't really change the course, but by just changing it from a par um, 71 to a par 70, there you go. That's four strokes that you are no longer under par 
um, if you shoot a four. Um, now, this year, a four is a par. In the first three years, a four was a birdie, but that's really the only difference. Um, so I would expect with, with all the weather that we were ex expected to get this week, rain and some wind, that's what that should be the expectation in Scotland. I would say 12 under is probably the mark that I think it's going to hit. Um, it's not a pure, pure birdie fest. I don't expect it to be. There's too many long par fours for that to be the case. It still links golf. You're going to have oversized, slow greens where lag putting is very important. You're not going to be able to hit every approach shot very close with all the, the weather um, that I would expect we'll have, even if it is a little bit uh, softer from the rain. They're still probably playing in rain, uh, which makes it that much more difficult to control your ball. Um, so any other uh, uh, notes uh, about... Um, this course that I would stress this week, uh, driving distance is more important than driving accuracy. Um, you know, we, we look at the guys who've contended here. You've got your Kirk Kitayamas, uh, Minwoo Lee, Thomas Dietrich, Matt Fitzpatrick. These are all guys who've, who've floated up to the top of the leaderboard. There are of course, exceptions like an Aaron Rye, Tom Kim, uh, kind of plotted their way around this course. Those guys are always going to pop if if they can hit fairways, hit a uh, high percentage of greens with their long irons and putt well for the week. That's what they did um, to stay in contention. But this is the type of course, unlike a traditional uh, links course where you can get away with being a little bit erratic off the tee. It's very clear where you can and can't miss. And there's not that unpredictability factor um, to this course, uh, in the sense that if you play a traditional links course and it's firm, fast, burnt out, undulated fairways, like we'll probably see in Hoy Lake the week after, um, you can hit it right down the center of the fairway, but catch the wrong side of an undulation. Um, and all of a sudden your center fairway drive has kicked into a lateral, uh, pot bunker and you have to, uh, punch out of it and, and you're making bogey that way. Um, that's what makes uh, lakes golf so interesting to me. And it's the same thing with like greenside bunkers, where if you're in a pot bunker, but you are just a, a, against the side of it, um, those bunkers are true hazards. And it's, it's not this easy up and down that you would typically see in a PGA tour type of bunker. So, um, I, I love these types of weeks. You get a different kind of broadcast crew with the European guys. You're getting prime time, uh, or overnight golf for us East coasters with a little time shifted viewing, um, may even be, you know, you wake up Sunday morning and, um, you're watching the, the conclusion. So, um, I, I like it. It's a nice little change of pace and it gets you acclimated to what your viewing situation is going to be for the major the week after. So definitely looking forward to that. Um, last piece I'll touch on before we get into the model itself, uh, comp courses. So we're going to a links course. There's no strokes gain data. And there is no pure links course in the continental United States. So I'm going to have to do a little bit of uh, reaching to look for comp courses uh, on this relatively new course in the Renaissance Club that has only just joined the rotation at the Scottish Open in 2019. Um, best starting point will be looking at other links courses for the Open Championship. Uh, the last two at the old course and... Uh, St. George's were extremely calm conditions. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get nasty conditions this week. If we were definitely getting nasty conditions, I would say just ignore the last two 
years. Um, I actually think St. Andrews works as a comp this week because you're going to hit a lot of drivers here. Um, and it's going to be advantage to the longer hitters. That's what we saw with like Cam Young and Roy McElroy, who were able to take advantage um, of St. Andrews. So um, I think that will work here. And that's a fine comp to look back to just the, the year prior's uh, open championship. Um, the Alfred Dunhill links is a great comp. That's a rotating uh, your DP world tour event that goes across three different links courses. So you get that variety, but whoever wins that event basically validates that they're a very good links player. Um, Tyrrell Hatton has won that event. Victor Perez has won that event. Um, that's off the top of my head. I can't remember, uh, everybody who's won, uh, that event, but I would definitely recommend looking back at that tournament in particular, um, to see who, uh, maybe some of the less popular, uh, top links players from the European side are, um, as far as state side comps where we do have actual strokes gain data. Um, I love LA country club as a, as a comp for, uh, Renaissance club. I talked about, um, the inverse of that, looking at this event, um, to comp towards, uh, the U S open when we were there, uh, ended up being a crazy overlap. I think I actually, I have some notes on that under comp courses here. Um, so you can just look at the list of players who have top 20 at both of these events, Xander Schauffele, top Tom Kim, Patrick Cantlay, Tommy Fleetwood, Cam Smith, Matt Fitzpatrick, Wyndham Clark, Min Woo Lee, John Rahm, and Scotty Scheffler were all top 20 finishers at this year's U.S. Open um, and have finished top 20 at uh, the Scottish Open as well. A majority of those people uh, from that list finished uh, top 10, actually, at this event last year that includes Xander, obviously the winner of the Scottish open. Tom Kim was the runner up. Uh, Patrick Cantlay was a top 10 finisher. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick has lost in a playoff at this event. Wyndham Clark finished T 16 here. Uh, one of the best in the field T to green at the Scottish open last, um, last year. So definitely a, a sensible fit to come back here and play well again. Uh, and then we we'll a winner here in, uh, 2019 or 20, 2021, I forgot, uh, a couple of years ago, Lee beats Thomas Dietrich and Matt Fitzpatrick in a playoff. So a uh, lot of correlation there. Definitely recommend referencing that leaderboard, uh, to project, uh, success around this time. Um, and then Kiwa Island, I think is another one. I didn't, I forgot to touch on that more in my preview, but Kiwa Island is another, um, advantage to the longer hitters links course where wind is going to affect putts, um, and fairly slow greets too. So, um, you know, it's, it's a tough week for, for comp courses. You're making a little bit of, of, a, a stretch in certain instances, but, um, I always like to look for comps. I think it's the best way to differentiate your player pool from somebody else's. If you're looking for something that requires a little extra legwork, you're listening to the lines.com podcast network, looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top us sports books all in one place. Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. 
Check out the lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call one 800 522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Um, so that's, that's, that's the, uh, the background for what you need to know about, um, this event, find your, your links, specialists, good lag putters on, um, slow greens and large oversized greens. Look for those comp course success, um, players, uh, advantage to, um, longer hitters. And there is a good amount of, um, long irons on this, on this course and, crafty short game as always whenever we play links golf is important so look for those good around the green players and guys who just you know anecdotally have uh, a deep bag of, of shots that they can tap into and not just one default um type of short game shot so that is uh, that's where we'll we'll break from the tournament preview move ahead to the model so you can see how uh, all my key stats were weighted and where all the top players in this field shake out. Um, so just to quickly go through the prioritization of uh, the the model inputs this week, I started with uh, short term over the last 24 rounds, strokes gained T to green just to get a baseline of trending form going into this event. There's, there's no strokes gained data. Um, when we leave the United States and um, links golf in general is just so different from traditional, you know, parkland United States golf that um, I don't want to go paralysis by over analysis on um, each individual metric. So just having a strong baseline of who has the best form coming in, I think is a little bit more useful in weeks like these where we don't have all the data in front of us. Um, strokes gain off the tee, very important here. I weighted that very heavily. Strokes gain approach is always important. So that remains at the top. This is a uh, comp course history, total strokes gain on comp courses. Um, I doubled down on strokes gain, ball striking, strokes gain, uh, short game to get that craftiness around the green and approximate for it. Doubling down again with strokes gain around the green, because that is so important on links courses. 
um, par five scoring. That's where you're going to separate on a course like this, um, especially if it is a single digit winner, you have to take advantage of those par fives. Um, strokes gained putting. Um, this is last 36. This is strokes gained putting on slow greens and this is strokes uh, or putting three putt avoidance. So um, 13% weight on those three combined. I think that's a pretty important stat for weeks like these. Uh, driving distance, I don't always include it in the model, but this week I think it actually is advantageous to have that extra distance. So we have included that and then bogey avoidance, really just like a anti-recklessness stat um, that I do think is important at a Lynx golf course. Um, who's going to play a little bit more conservative, see where the, um, the spots you can't miss are and avoid those can't miss spots. Um, par three scoring, another one that I don't always put in the model, but there are five of them. So I've included that, um, long par four scoring, very important here. That is the last, um, metric that I fed in. So a little evenly distributed again, it's, it's hard to look at this course without the strokes gain data and say, this is what you definitely need. This is what you definitely don't. Um, but it's kind of just by looking at the recent leaderboards, what we know about Lynx golf in general, um, and just, you know, anecdotally what players are saying about this course. That's how I kind of arrived at the key stats, um, for this week. So now taking that weighting and getting to the actual model itself, um, the top 10 is started with Scotty Scheffler. No surprise, just impossible to run a model with Scotty Scheffler in the field and have him not be number one. He's number one T to green off the T approach ball striking around the green. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, but you got to hit putts to win here, and he is 133rd in the field in strokes game putting. So there is hope still, even though he is like slowly turning that around, um, that that he may not run away with this. And with the uh, impact of the elements, this is not the type of event that I think you have to go all in on a favorite. Um, after Scheffler, it is Ricky Fowler making his first start after winning the Rocket Mortgage. Um He's number two in the model, and he has good links history, so he will be an interesting consideration this week. Uh, Patrick Cantley is third, solid links history. Roy McIlroy is fourth. I'm surprised he wasn't a little higher than that. Um, remains to be seen if he is just tuning up this week or if he uh, really wants to get a win uh, just to help with his confidence before the last major of the year. Tommy Fleetwood is a player that I gave a long look at for outrights. He makes a ton of sense. Anytime you go to a Lynx course, anytime you go back to the United Kingdom, um, his home neck of the woods uh, next week will be literally his home uh, very close to where he grew up in Liverpool. So he will be a trendy pick at the open and we'll see if he's looking ahead or if he is um, full system go at the Scottish. Um, Tyrrell Hatton is number six. Wyndham Clark is number seven. Uh, Xander Shoffley, defending champion, number eight. Justin Rose, number nine. And Jordan Spieth, a known Lynx assassin, rounds out the top ten. Um, so no real major surprises there. I guess Justin Rose, I, I may not have expected to be a top ten player here. Wyndham Clark is just going to be this guy who's in all of the models Um with how much he's turned around his approach game and kept his elite driving distance and putting baseline. So, um, yeah, I'm not too surprised by that top 10 outside of maybe Justin Rose. It all checks out to me and passes the eye test. Uh, switching now, lastly, to the guys that I bet on. 
Uh, my outright card is complete. Last year, I went with a super bomb-heavy combat the random conditions and first time seeing PGA Tour players uh, contest this event um, with a very long car with a ton of outrights. This year, I mean, after seeing Xander Shoffley win, um, it seems like this is maybe not a course where it's birdie fest randomness anybody could win. Um, I actually think it's very unlikely that any of the uh, DP World Tour players who are not otherwise qualified or exempt to be PGA Tour players, I give them a very small chance of winning. Would not be surprised if they top 10. There were three DP World Tour full-time members who finished top 10 at the Scottish Open last year. Um, So, you know, playing in Europe, playing closer to home for those guys, uh, may even give them a little bit of an edge over some of these PGA Tour skilled players who are more foreign to uh, Lynx golf. But um, in any case, I think there's a very small list. I would say there's a list of about 30 guys, the top 30 favorites this week who have a viable chance to win. It is still a, a top-heavy um, field, so you don't want to get too crazy with outrights uh, or long shots. I have picked a total of five and really four and a half because one is an uh, absolute bomb. Uh, but I started my card with Tyrrell Hatton. He is someone who has always had the reputation of being a Lynx course specialist and a Lynx course assassin. He's won multiple times on Lynx courses um, in the DP World Tour before his win at Bay Hill. Um, that was kind of the only place he was winning was just on the links and he plays great in nasty conditions. He is gaining across all of the, all of the important stat categories. He's number one in this field in strokes gain, short game. He is number one in strokes gain putting, but he's not a putting specialist. He's also, um, 11th T to green. So if you're number one short game, number one putting and almost top 10 in T to green, that's a very good combination. He has not won yet this year, but he's doing everything um, everything you need to do to win. So it would seem that a win should be coming soon. Uh, so we'll take our chances starting with a 25 to 1 on uh, Tyrrell Hatton. Uh, Jordan Spieth is the next guy I bet. He is number 10 in my model. Uh, also either 24 or 25, I forget, but in those mid-20s um, this week, he is... I believe he is also chasing his first win uh, this year, if I'm not mistaken. He's been in the mix so often, I just kind of assumed that he had a win, but no, he has not won since the RBC Heritage, and since then he's finished runner-up in that playoff to Matt Fitzpatrick at the RBC Heritage. He has a fifth at the Memorial. He was in the mix at the Valspar, um, a top five of the Masters. So he's having a great statistical year. Um, the putter's actually been cold, but T to green, he's been very solid throughout the year. Um, maybe showed a little bit of life. Let's see at the, at the U S open at LACC, which, uh, as I said, a comp course that I really like, he did miss the cut there, but, uh, definitely right on the number. So unfortunate missed cut, but he's not lost with his game. He was just at Wimbledon. So he's he's not going to be jet lagged. Um, for the Scottish Open, which is always good. He's, he's gotten a nice rest since um, the U.S. Open, and he had played basically eight consecutive weeks and and talked about how the new schedule is kind of taking its toll on him. So I like that we're going to get a little bit of a refreshed Jordan Spieth here, and we know how good he is 
in the open links and I can just filter this by his results at the open. Obviously he won in 2017. He's got a couple of top tens in his last two open appearances. Um, so definitely somebody who lets his creativity show when you put him on a links course. Um, after Hatton and Spieth, my next bet was Minwoo Lee. He was the uh, spotlight feature of the week for me this week. I th honestly thought we were going to get a number closer to like 60 to 1. I was a little disappointed to see that he was uh, bucketed up there with those favorites. Um, I got a 30 to 1 on, uh, sorry, a 40 to 1 on him, and I feel okay about that. That was, if it was any shorter than that, I might have said um, no thanks anymore. But obviously, there's a reason his number is so short. He won this event a couple of years ago. Uh, a bomber that sort of distance advantage pays off at a course like this. And he has three consecutive top tens. Um, one in his last start at the British masters, the travelers before that, the U S open before that in six, uh, European starts this year, he's finished top 15 in all of them. So definitely comfortable playing in this part of the country, a nice little tune up for him before the open. And he should have some confidence as a past champion. Uh, and next, Wyndham Clark um, popped in the model. And if you just look at the numbers blindly, Wyndham Clark is, is the type of guy that you want to bet here. Top five in short game, putting, par five scoring. Bogey avoidance, which is interesting because that's not really what I think of Wyndham Clark as, but a guy who can scramble for a par, uh, really good par three scorer. That's, that's important. And, and you're getting that from those long irons that he has. Um, you know, top five in long par four scoring. That's how you win a U.S. Open. Um, finished T16 at this event at the Scottish last year. It kind of pays off that his game can translate to Lynx Golf. Um, 55 to one on him, and that is really basically the number uh, that he was available at in the week of the U.S. Open. So he wins the U.S. Open, and his odds don't change and the field got a little bit worse than a major. So, um, uh, just on the value of that number alone, obviously it, it would be asking a lot for Wyndham Clark to win three times in the last two months in three of the best fields we see all year. Um, but 55 to one, he's not being priced like somebody who's going for his third, uh, win in that span. So I think it's a good number, even if it may seem in theory, unlikely that he wins three times this season. Um, and then lastly, Romain Langasque, uh, which is definitely not how that name is pronounced, but um, just a profile fit that I like for this course. He finished third here in 2019, uh, one stroke off of uh, Bernd Wiesberger, who won that year. Um, a bomber, good driving distance. I'm not sure if that will even show up in the fantasy national data here. It doesn't. Um, because it's not including any of the recent uh, data golf info, but he is somebody who hits it a long way, can capitalize on the sort of driver-heavy approach, a really good putter. Um, not a great approach player, but um, has the ability to spike, and he has a bunch of top 10s on the DP World Tour over his last 10 starts. So he's coming in a pretty good form, and that's kind of what this week is. Like, There's a lot of guys playing really well on the DP World Tour in Europe, who are available at longer than 200 to one odds this week because they're just not getting that respect that the PGA tour players are. So I think there's a little bit of upside you can get by backing some of these European players. They're going to be more familiar with the terrain. 
Um, some of them grew up playing Lynx golf. I can't say for certain if that is Romain or not. Um, he's from France. I know that much. Um, so he's probably familiar to some extent. Um, but those are the types of players I want some exposure to. There were, there were random guys who popped up last year in the top 10. And, and I think, you know, why not take a chance at a, a 300 to one? Because usually on the PGA tour, if you're betting somebody 300 to one, it's like a Jim Herman or somebody who's there on some sort of a legacy exemption and has no chance to win. This guy's finishing top 10 in, in Europe. So we'll take our chances. Um, okay. That is it. It's a short and sweet card this week. Uh, did go a little bit, um, long on this one, but just a lot of nuance to the Scottish open with this not being a traditional strokes game, uh, week. So hopefully you found all this information helpful. Um, as always, you can find my content on the lines.com and linked in the description of this video. Uh, until next time, good luck with your Scottish open bets. Uh, and I'll see you on Twitter. If you have any questions, you can hit me up. Uh, on on there at PJ Tout. So best of luck this week.